0: You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Sandeep Nelwa, co-founder of Matic Network. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now, exchange.bitcoin.com. Com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest, Sandeep Nawal. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Dustin, for having me here. Now, thank you really again. Be and so I, I must
0: ask: I mean, Matic, w- w- the, the name—how did it? How did you guys come up with it? And what is Matic?
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know, the name—like, uh, it was thought by my uh, fellow co-founder Jenty who's also the CEO of Matic. So he was uh, actually, so we wanted to have a short and sweet name. Right. And, and and we are not from the, like, he was not from the football background. So he didn't know that, okay, there's a famous Matic named player. But the idea of the idea of naming it Matic was that, you know, we wanted to have a lot of things, like, first of all, very fast and very developer friendly. So automatic, right? So automatic from there, you know, the we, we only picked up the Matic part, right? So, so that was the idea around it, that, you know, short and simple name, but that's something that signifies, you know, fast, like, you know, agility of the network yeah. as well as the ease of using something. So that's the main idea. Wow. Well, we have a, a, lot, lot, of pe-
0: a lot of people that tune in or are, are somewhat new to crypto. So how did you get into crypto to get to the space where you became like the expert's expert? So how did you get started?
1: Yeah. So I used to be a very uh, like, you know. Like back in 2015, 16, when the Bitcoin started doing its crazy, you know, rally and all that, a lot of people got uh, started getting into it. So before that, I was running a B2B, uh, you know, uh, services marketplace, something like you can think of uh, Alibaba for services like Alibaba is for more for manufacturing goods and all that. So I I was I raised money and then, uh, you know, very small amount like bootstrap family and, uh, you know, Uh, friends kind of round and then you know we I was uh, working on it for like I think one one and a half years and that business was although it was doing good but it was not scaling the way I you know I had wanted it to be so I realized that because this business because it's a services and projects are involved there's a lot of human intervention in in this and it's hard to productize everything over there so you have to have large power to manage all of it right and customers don't want to pay extra money to have like, you know, some kind of external uh, management onto it. So I realized that this is not growing uh, that fast as possible. And I, I always wanted to be in a very highly growing and, and fast and scalable kind of business. So I thought that I want to get into the hardcore, like the, you know, the the the, the technology side sort of things. So I started with artificial intelligence a bit and then, you know, wandered around a few technologies like VR and all that. And then I, you know, also like at that time, Bitcoin was, uh, you know, doing really crazy things right so uh, you know i thought that this blockchain technology seems to be like something promising let me you know start reading it up and then i started reading the the the, the famous uh, like andreas antonopoulos yeah. uh, mastering bitcoin right and then four f- four a third of fourth ch- chapter in i realized that you know i had that aha moment like which which it. everyone of had, had, right? So, and then where like, and then from there, it's like falling into a rabbit hole and there's no going back, yeah, There right? is so, no
0: going back. I mean, it's kind of like the moment you get into crypto, there's always something new. There's always a, uh, I don't know, a, a new thing, so to speak, that you can pick up and you could learn. So yeah. what have you learned most? Like if you said, Dustin, if I could just dumb it down for you, this is the thing that, that I've picked up. Like, what has it been for you? What has been your personal aha moment in the space? hmm
1: the personal aha moment was that the way uh, blockchains, like blockchain is not a technology. I don't find it, it, it only as a technology. I think it's more of a philosophy in itself, right? So it's about the way we human beings organize ourselves. Like till now, The whole history, like if we go back to the history where we were like hunter gatherers and all that, we used to live in small, small communities and, you know, people were properly represented in those communities. And that actually stayed like that till a very long time till I think I would say 1500s or 1600s that remained largely like that, although they were empires and all that. But even then, you know, you were a peasant or you were kind of a small businessman and you had a family business and all that. Everybody lived around and everybody was fairly represented and all. And then came the industrial revolution, right? And these like, you know, assemblies of like thousands and thousands of machines, thousands and thousands of people working and doing only their part. And then, you know, working in these hierarchies and all that. So... And then, you know, centralized parties started coming up like where you have one particular, like businesses became empires in themselves, right? And yeah. there could be thousands and thousands of former businesses like in a globe In on geography, you can have only few empires ruling, uh, you know, over the globe. But in terms of the business world, you can have thousands and thousands of empires, right? And what we realize is that at the end of the day, in those empires, in business empires, you are more like, you know, servants of those empires in some form, right? And then, You find yourself like in your business, you are you are in some form of of an empire in your government. You are engaged in some form of the, uh, you know, of the empire in the nation states and all that. So what happens is that you are less represented. But with blockchains, everyone who is like, for example, Bitcoin blockchain, everyone who's running a full node, you know, can. And what is a node? So if you
0: can kind of walk us through what, what is a node?
1: A node is basically a piece of software which actually maintains the full copy of the blockchain and has the, like he can verify whatever new blocks are coming in and he can be absolutely sure that he's, he actually uh, has the current state of the blockchain, right? So w- what, what, what's the current state of blockchain globally? And then if he's a node and then let's say there's some sort of hard fork, for example, you know, sometime back there was a big hard fork on Ethereum, uh, on, uh, on Bitcoin. He can actually as a node decide to pick which hard fork he which fork he wants to be on the side of. So it, it, It gives the power to the end user, right? The blockchain gives power to the end human which is engaged in an organization rather than the current kind of centralized party system that we have where government is run by a few individuals, business is run by, decisions are taken by a few individuals and all that. In blockchains, you kind of democratize things, right? And then we all know that institutional trust is at at an all-time low you know today worldwide in in no matter which field of the of the of, of the life we see whether it's governments whether it's organizations bureaucrats we don't want to trust any of these and blockchain actually you know solves that problem in in the form of you know decentralizing the trust you and don't why, need to trust and, and
0: so talk that. about that that why is decentralization like why does it matter and does privacy
1: matter mm-hmm. so decentralization i mean uh, I mean, a very simple and relatable example would be like the wars uh, or like kind of these, uh, you know, debates that you see around Twitter and Facebook, how, you know, their simple algorithms can actually change the way you are thinking. Like, you know, my opinion, if I'm going to a social media, the kind of feed I'm seeing can ma- can change my opinion, right? That's and right. who is maintaining that feed? Who is maintaining that feed? It's a Twitter's algorithm. Similarly, who is maintaining that feed on Facebook? Facebook's algorithm, right? So, and and the same happens with that say happens everywhere with like whether it be a, it be our banking system where you know in 2008 nobody even knew that okay there's something like of this magnitude can happen and then you know multi like half half a trillion dollar banks like Lehman brother can crash in within one day because everything was managed being everything was being managed centrally by a few individuals and then other people didn't know right so Uh, So decentralization, that's where, you know, having a blockchain and decentralization brings more transparency, especially, and this is especially applicable for the public goods and especially the money uh, side of things uh, with which Bitcoin tries to solve. So, uh, you know, bringing decentralization brings more transparency, more control and more participation for all the individuals in the network. And that's why it's it's very very important because right now we are we are in such kind of chaos where these centralized parties, be it whatever form of life, whatever you know field of life, are doing uh, you know various kind of crazy stuff that we keep seeing. So that's why decentralization matter. Imagine you had a Twitter where you know the how the algorithm should work was also being voted upon by the community. And I mean you know you know assuming that token is well distributed and all that there is a, a solid governance system you know, people are able to choose which kind of algorithms I can choose uh, and which kind of feed I want to see. Like, you know, there can be UIs where somebody could build that I want to see only right wing heavy content. And what is a UI, Sandeep? UI is the user experience. So basically, uh, if if Facebook was a blockchain, for example, or Twitter was simply a blockchain, and this is like still very far away in future, this kind of network, but imagine Twitter was a blockchain, then anybody could read from it, right? And then, uh, you know what you could have is kind of a different ui user experience where you use one kind of user experience which gives you certain amount of features on what to read from the blockchain what to show to you and i could use a different form of uh, user I- interface right so then this kind of blockchain like twitter blockchain will become a platform rather than a product right and then people can build on top of it so some people might want to build like to to give you an example, somebody just want to read the note, uh, the, the jokes, for example, right? So somebody could build a joke-specific UI on I, top of I, this. I like jokes. Uh,
0: that, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that then as a user, I will be able to choose what kind of UI or what kind of user interface I want to have and what kind of feed I want to have rather than being, you know, uh, pounded upon by the, uh, by the fear which is being de- designated by a few individuals who are writing the algorithm.
0: That's a great so, explanation. Yeah. And and so from your lens, I mean, where do you see this space heading,
1: and how does Matic play into that? So uh, currently, the biggest problem with blockchains, like if let's say if I told you that blockchains today could handle trillions and trillions of transactions, and you can you can do whatever you want to do, store data and things like that, and all, in these decentralized systems, not particularly blockchains you know the whole world i would say that will start moving into this into this this positive uh, kind of space which will have more transparency more decentralization and the end users will also slowly realize that if the applications are good enough like if the applications built on this decentralized stack which we also called web3 if the applications built on this web3 stack was were good enough which were which could like compete with let's say the kind of applications that you are we are using today for example you had a decentralized facebook which was as good as in, in its ui and everything and and you know cost of using it and everything compared to the current uh, facebook you would easily like as a, as a user slowly and steadily people will realize that okay this is a better facebook for me so this revolution will be driven by the users so uh you know when when uh, you have you know, these kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the, these kind of products will require a certain amount of scale on the blockchain. So what happens is that blockchains today are not that scalable. And Matic Network is, is a project which is a layer two project. I will explain what is layer two, which is also trying to solve this problem of scalability. If we had that kind of scalability, I was, I was starting from that. If we had that kind of scalability, then, this applications will slowly move into start moving into this Web three world. But right now, the infrastructure in Web three is not ready. Uh, blockchains are very slow on Ethereum. If you wanted to do a transaction today, it would cost you somewhere between two dollars to five dollars, and uh, and you know that that's absolutely not tenable at all. So you need faster transactions on on blockchain. And Matic is a layer two attempt on scalability. There are multiple layer ones, that means Ethereum competitors, which are are building the base blockchain. Layer one is basically the base blockchain. So who are building base blockchain where they are trying to build them as fast as possible, a large amount of throughput. People can do like millions and millions can can do transactions and a lot of, you know, blockchain like that have been proposed, but none of those blockchains have been till now been able to, match uh, or you know able to come close to the promises uh but ethereum and you know by and large ethereum remains to be the the single most or the biggest uh, uh blockchain uh for like especially when we talk about the smart contracting platforms but ethereum is very costly and the transactions also take time not conducive to building applications imagine you built a twitter on ethereum today it will it will cost you 5 dollars to make a tweet on this ethereum right wow. you are not going to yeah. make too many tweets right so but uh, you know with the, with a matic like layer 2 which is building which is actually a blockchain on top of blockchain so that means rather than settling all the transactions on layer 1 like ethereum based chain it what it does is that it it takes a lot of transactions on the on the side chain and then commits a proof of those transactions periodically to the ethereum main chain right? Yeah. So you can already imagine that, you know, since the sidechain is relying on a, on the security of the uh, Ethereum main chain also, so it's actually, it's, it's much faster and it's actually batching a lot of transactions into one transaction on Ethereum. And then, you know, of course, the sidechain is also very decentralized and scalable. So with, with that way, you are able to achieve thousands and thousands of transactions in TPS. So Ethereum currently has 13 TPS, right? 13 transactions per second, for the whole world. That doesn't use.
0: seem like, to be that doesn't seem to be that much. I mean only thirteen.
1: Only thirteen. Only thirteen. Bitcoin has seven TPS, seven transactions per second. Right? That's why these blockchains are slow. So and compare that to a layer two blockchain like Matic, a single sidechain on Matic can have transactions from four thousand TPS to ten thousand TPS. That's like, that, transactions that's quite remarkable.
0: Time. And you also right. have a token, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah we have a token. We have a token also, Matic Network, which is actually the proof of stake token, which is required to, uh, you know, to participate in the network on the sidechain. That means the validators, like the proof of stake uh, validators. So there are primarily, if I want to explain that, there are primarily two forms of mining at this point in time. Proof of work where you have, uh, you know, which which is used by Bitcoin, where you have large, uh, you know, machines which are doing some sort of cryptographic puzzle solving to be able to create blocks. And you know those blocks uh, have a trust because you know they are. You, you are investing actual money into it to create those blocks, right? Compared to that, proof of stake are the networks where you are not running large machines. Rather than solving cryptographic game games, you are putting a security deposit into the network, and and basically pledging that you are not going to do any fraudulent activity. If you do a fraudulent activity in terms of validation, you get slashed. So your your security uh, or deposit will be forfeited right so matic is also a proof of stake uh, blockchain where uh you know you need to stake matic token you need to stake matic token as a security deposit in order to become a validator on matic network when you become a validator you run staking rewards as well as transaction fees got it and so the, the
0: question i i get asked quite a bit in the world of cryptocurrency is in terms of price i mean up to now most tokens or, or mo- most coins have been pure speculation how do we move yeah. to that next stage where utility drives price and specifically in this case with matic
1: yeah so i think this uh you know we, we saw a lot of this like speculation even now i would say that the markets are like 70 percent speculation and uh you know only 30 percent real value i would i would say even less than that right so but uh, why I say thirty percent? Because Ethereum, being the, the 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 like the largest or the leading pack in terms of the smart contracting platforms, uh, Ethereum has really started to show the utility in the form of DeFi ecosystem, decentralized finance. Right? People are building various kind of uh, you know banking applications, financial systems on top of Ethereum, uh, which actually starts giving up giving it some fundamental value. Right, and due to that, uh, I I actually said that twenty to thirty percent, some fundamental value, and that actually is directed towards Ethereum. Apart from that, all the other networks, including you know Matic Network, also uh, up till date has you know is is largely speculative. Now, how we we want to move from you know speculative to utility is that we actually launched our Mainnet one month back, and then we are uh, you know I'm very I'm very very happy to say that you know even within our beta mainnet, we were in the beta mainnet for last five to six months. Even in that time, our, uh, you know, like the number of applications who have who have committed to building on Matic Network have, uh, you know, built their uh, applications on our testnet or our beta mainnet have deployed their applications is really large in number. Around 60 to 70 applications are already building. That's, that's quite a few. Already,
0: and is there anybody yeah, yeah. in particular that you say, Dustin, this one really excites me, I mean, The w- w- what they yeah. could do or, or what the future holds for it?
1: Yeah, actually, quite a few, actually. So Decentraland, for example, right? Decentraland, the mana, it, it it is, you know, frequently in the top 100 projects. They are coming, they are fully moving on to Magic. They are a VR, like VR world, virtual reality world built on top of blockchain, where the land and everything, you have a Las Vegas city, you can buy the land within Las Vegas city, build casinos. So there is an application company called Decentral Games who has built lo- casinos within the Las Vegas of uh, Decentraland and they're actually selling their uh, slot machines over there, right? So, and you should actually go and experience that. That's like phenomenal experience for uh, in VR and where you have actually actual money and the, you know, the skin in the game uh, kind of situation, like where you can bet on on, on using the slot machines with, with, you know, whatever small amounts and all that. So these kind of applications there, plus gaming has been a big forte for us. Like many large games have already... Uh, like Block Lords and Spells of Genesis, very well-known games in the space have moved on to Matic. Plus on the DAP side also, like the decentralized application side also, there are a few uh, social social uh, networks that are being built. Like for example, Sapien team based out of New York and San Francisco. Uh, they are building, there is one more social network that is coming on uh, very shortly on Matic. Uh, So and then there are teams like uh, you know Stack City in China who are looking to build a ads network like advertisement network uh, on top of because they are an ISP like an internet service provider and they want to provide uh, kind of uh, you know they want to provide a kind of like if you are a router uh, owner basically uh, if you are owning a router uh, internet router you can actually open up your router to a public. Who's in the vicinity who can use free internet by you by sharing your slack That's services cool. and you can that is a many,
0: really uh, really neat internet. yeah neat neat technology so matic right now is number 89 or so on the market cap do you do you look yeah. at that is that something that that drives you motivates you and uh where do you go from here
1: yeah i mean right now uh i i actually think that you know Looking at the fundamental progress that projects have made, I definitely consider Matic as like at least top 50, if not top top 40. I would not call it like top 30 yet, but I would easily I easily see it within top 50 in the in the coming days. And actually, it's a, it's it's it very well deserves that. And uh, you know, as as now our mainnet has gone live and slowly and steadily, the applications are coming in. I think very in 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 some small time we will be you know. Will be considered one of the dominant forces in the space in terms of the third-party adoption because there would be few people, few projects, or few protocols where you will see that oh, some pe- some applications are being deployed over there two, three, five applications. But you'll realize that at the end of the day, all those applications are either built by the team, protocol team themselves or yeah. they are very heavily funded. Sure. For and us, it's mostly third-party adoption. And
0: I look at it from, from a business application and get excited, saying that look what you've been a part of, Sandeep. I mean, you've built a, a company whose valuation, or at least I would say the ecosystem, is over $100 million. I mean, that's quite remarkable. A $100 million ecosystem designed around a, a crazy idea that you and your partner have of let's go do this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's like like that's still like uh, you know you feel that uh, you know how how did that happen? I mean, right? that's, I mean that, that, that like is pretty cool. Investment.
0: You gotta admit, man, a hundred million dollars—that's like, a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is that is a big deal, and it, it you know overwhelms you. But because you are actually a decentralized, basically, see, it also subverts the the blockchain project. Actually, also subverts the the kind of phenomena that we used to see in the in the centralized kind of or the previous traditional ventures right so here we are not really the owners of the venture right the community is the owner like right now we have we are you know managing a lot of things and all that for example ethereum if you would if you go back to 2015 you know vitalik and few people were managing the whole network and all that but now they are one of the participants in the network so this is more of a community so it's overwhelming uh, in, in some sense, because st- it's still early days, but we also know that eventually, uh, you know, there's a satisfaction that there is a there's a large community and the ecosystem that we are building who's going to, you know, be a joint owners of this, this network. So there's a big responsibility also. Yeah,
0: about, uh, you know. That's a great way of putting it. Now, I'm going to ask you to put on your COO hat right now. Um, blockchain mm-hmm. and crypto companies, you know, prior to the pandemic and now during mm-hmm. this this time in Arnold, just not just nations, but in our world's history. That you know you had an edge on the hiring side, and that you had you had to learn how to adapt and how to hire people around the world. So, what advice can you give to people out there that are now looking to hire? What do you look for when you're looking to hire people, add them to the team? Like, what are the metrics? I mean, talk us through it a little bit.
1: Yeah. So for us, the metrics are like we generally there are two kinds of companies, right? So one kind of companies who look for experience. Uh, and then, you know, there are other kinds of company like us that we, like, especially in my team, what I do is that I hire people based on their, uh, you know, not like based on their experience only, but I, I hire people based on the, their, their kind of commitment to what they want to do in life. So I, when I am speaking to them, I actually talk about their ambitions, ask them that, about their ambitions, that what they exactly want to achieve. And if that ambition aligns, like out of 10 people in your company, if at least three or four people's ambition aligns with your ambition, your job is done, right? So I look for that uh, that part that, uh, you know, always look for people who are aligned with your vision, who wants to, you know, go go that distance with you because it's it's a lot of hard work, a lot of tough days, uh, you know, sleepless nights and all that for you. So you yeah. need people who believe in what you believe, right? So so that's the most important thing. Apart from that, as I said, that I don't look for too much of experience. I look for people who are energetic? Who want to learn and like hands-on learning for them on the job? Learning they they've proven skills in you know learning uh, things quickly and then starting to uh, start start living on, on
0: yeah, that's so, that's great perspective. So how do we learn more about Matic?
1: So I think the primary sources are Twitter at the rate Matic Network M A T I C N E T W O R K at the rate Matic Network on Twitter. And on Telegram, these two are the most active communities of us. But otherwise, you can visit our matic.network, our website, and then you will find all these Twitter, Medium, Telegram links over there also. And if you you are a developer, you want to join our developer community, it's on Discord. Again, the link could be found on our website.
0: Well, thank you again for coming on the Bitcoin.com podcast and sharing your story with us.
1: Thank you, Dustin, for having me here. Thank you so much.
0: You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.